Would you like predictable income secured by real estate? HBG Capital offers you the opportunity to invest in real estate that is built to be transparent for the investor while designed to be insulated against economic volatility. We provide investors an effortless way to diversify beyond traditional investment opportunities like stocks and bonds and even popular real estate. Our syndication and lending opportunities offer a high rate of return and are 100% passive, delivering truly effortless income. Many other investments offer passive income in the 4 to 6% range. Our opportunities have delivered fixed rates of return in the double digits since inception. Retirement accounts such as self-directed IRAs and self-directed Roth IRAs also qualify for this investment. So, if you are looking for an effortless investment with double-digit returns, then visit our website, www.hbgcapital.net. Learn more today at hbgcapital.net. Welcome to the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio, where we talk about real estate, passive investing, business strategies, and so much more. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, CEO of HPG Capital. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I am sorry to report that last week we lost one of the greats. Warren Buffett's longtime business partner and confidant, Charlie Munger, sadly passed away at the age of 99. Uh, here in January, he would have been 100 years old. He died peacefully in the hospital. In today's episode, I thought to do a tribute to Charlie Munger and all the things that I've learned from him. He really is a fascinating character. For those that don't know a lot about Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett would not be the man he is today, and Berkshire Hathaway would not be the company that it is today without Charlie. Charlie really was the architect of Berkshire Hathaway, while Warren Buffett was more of the general contractor. And he prevented Buffett from making a lot of uh, bad decisions, and he helped Buffett make a lot of good decisions. He does not get quite the credit that Buffett does, but he is undeniably uh, as smart as Warren Buffett and gifted uh, in the investing space. You know, he himself was a multi-billionaire and came up in the ranks. They, he and Buffett knew each other a long, long time. He wrote the book. Poor Charlie's Almanac, which was a, a throwback and tribute to Benjamin Franklin's uh, Almanac that he wrote. And it was really interesting. It's one of those books where you can flip through and just you don't have to start from the beginning. There's a lot of great information in there. He gives all the speeches that he gave, including all of his uh, Harvard commencement speeches. And he's just got some really good tidbits, not only in investing, but how to get a great ROI on life. And so I read this book and I went and I put in all the notes that really stood out to me. And so I wanted to share those with you all today. So this is going to be a tribute to Charlie Munger, one of the greats. Charlie, here's what I learned from you, my man. So this book was written in 2005 and I, there's 15 points here and I'm going to go through each of these real quick and kind of give my take on each point. Number one, regarding risk, he says, determine how much you want to be compensated for your time and risk. Before starting a project, ask yourself, what is the net to me personally? This advice has changed 
which projects I spend my time on and which ones I throw in the trash. Your your capacity for success is dependent on what you spend your time on. And the people who are chasing the the smaller things in life spend the same amount of time on those things as they could chasing the big things in life. And so one of your biggest obstacles to success in life, whatever that may be, is going to be what you spend your time on. So for me, I can tell you that I don't pursue certain projects that are not going to produce a certain amount of ROI or, you know, growth for us, uh, for myself, you know, for the company. I'm very picky and I'm very careful now to ask myself, not how much revenue is this particular deal going to generate or this particular, you know, person that maybe I want a relationship with whatever it is, or maybe this is the specific workout or diet that I'm going to do because ROI is not just about money. It's about life. But let's say, let's back up a little bit. Maybe we're looking at a project. Maybe we want to do this and look at it financially. You know, if we're going to generate, you know, four or $5 million on a particular project and we're going to gross, uh, you know, 15, 20% on that project, uh, those are exciting numbers. They're very big numbers. But when I boil it down, and look at what's the net going to be to Brandon, not the revenue, not the gross profit, not the net to the company, but what's the net to Brandon on this? That makes it very clear which things I should pursue and which things I shouldn't. Number two, Charlie says to invert, always invert. Start with all the outcomes you don't want for a particular problem and list all the things that would have to happen to achieve a result. You know, this is interesting. We do this now uh, in our business, but you can do it in any setting. You know, if you're trying to win a woman over, right, or maybe get a husband, writing down all the things that you'd have to do to push them away would be a good idea. What would I have to do to push this person away? Well, I'd probably have to not respect their boundaries, probably not think of them, probably not really put a lot of effort into the relationship, you know, not take them on any dates, uh, not really listen and empathize with their feelings. And this gives you a good what not to do. A lot of times people ask the question, what do I need to do to be successful? Sometimes the best thing to ask is, what do I not need to do to be successful? And that advice has served me really well. Number three, this is regarding analytical rigor. Regarding analytical rigor, Remember, the highest and best use is always measured by the next best use. He's talking about opportunity costs here. So if you're pursuing one business or you know, time to pursue one person or spending time to do, you know, workout, whatever that is, know that you're taking time away from something else. What's the opportunity cost? What are you losing on by pursuing this? goal that you're going after. There's always an opportunity cost. You know, right now it's costing you a million dollars a year, not knowing how to make a million dollars. And a lot of times when people put money in the account and they save it and it's in a CD earning 2% per year, there's an opportunity cost there if you had put it into stocks, bonds, real estate or whatever, if it was earning, you know, 10, 15%. So there's always an opportunity cost. Always write out what your opportunity cost is before starting something so that you know what it is. And so that's a really good way of measuring the current opportunity that you're looking at is what are you missing out on by pursuing this? Number four is regarding patience. Compound interest is the eighth one of the world, never interrupted necessarily. I love that. It's so true too. People don't start early enough, I don't think. Number five, this is regarding independence. Are you investing because of others? or your own models and judgment. 
I can't tell you how many of my buddies were reaching out to me during the big crypto boom, trying to get me to buy because everyone else was. And I would ask them, why are you buying? And none of them could give me a real answer. Oh, it's the next big thing. I think that, you know, it's going to go to the moon. There's all these people getting rich on it. They weren't really using their own fundamentals. They were buying just because everybody else was. So be careful of the herd psychology. This is actually uh, some of the advice that I've, I've been given on people who wanted to buy crypto. I, 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 now that I'm a crypto person, but just following some of the rules that I've learned from Charlie and Buffett, be greedy when others are fearful, fearful when others are greedy. When FTX collapsed and Bitcoin went down and news was talking about how bad it was, and it's, I told my buddies who were thinking about buying, I was, hey, dude, now's the time to buy. You should get in now. And back when all my buddies were recommending it to me and it was crazy and I had some people asking me about it, I go, look, I wouldn't because everybody's talking about how great it is right now. So using this this judgment of what's everybody else doing, kind of going against the herd, has always been great advice when it comes to investments. The next is regarding uh, analytical, let's see, analytical rigor. He said, good ideas are rare <clears throat> when the odds are in your favor bet heavily. All great investors seem to do a really good job of this. They bet big when they know the odds are in their favor. No one's going to be 100% right, but if you know that there's going to be a certain amount of red marbles in a bag and you've, you've kind of got an edge, you know that the odds are in that favor, bet that you're going to draw a red marble if you pick it out. So make sure that you put the odds in your favor. And when you do, bet heavily. The next is around intellectual humility. He says, always stay within a well-defined circle of confidence. I can tell you, you know, we have made some of the biggest mistakes when we got into something that we really didn't know what we were doing and getting our hands in, right? Lack of knowledge. Expertise and experience allows you to see what could possibly happen, which tells you what the risk is. And the risk is one of the biggest things you need to weigh when deciding to invest in something or do something. So having yourself stay within a well-defined circle of confidence is smart. Be honest with what you can actually do and what you can't. We're definitely honest with ourselves and we try to remove as much risk as possible, but even we uh, make mistakes in doing what we've already done for a long time. There's always something new to learn. You're always going to have some unknown risks. Next is regarding decisiveness. Number eight, when opportunities present themselves, act with conviction. I think that most people sit on the sidelines and this is where Charlie's trying to motivate them to, hey, look, you've got to be able to be decisive when the opportunity presents itself. They did a really good job of this during, uh, you know, the big, big COVID backlash when all of the national builders just their stock went through the floor because no one was building. Everyone thought it was the next, you know, big recession. And I mean, they they acted super decisively at Berkshire, uh, putting away a billion dollars into these home builders who had perfectly fine businesses, but their stock had you know, fallen more than 50%. That was a great recent example of that. Number nine is regarding risk. Avoid big mistakes and shun permanent capital losses. I think that there's a there's like there's like a, a rule. I can't remember who said it. Might have been Buffett, but I think it's a lot of the greats. It's like rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't don't forget rule number one. So could be more true there. Try to protect your capital. Most people are obsessed with return on capital. So they're like, oh my God, I'm getting a 15, 20, 30, 40% ROI. This is amazing. But they're not looking at the risk because you can have 30, 40, 50% ROIs for 10, 15 years, make tens of millions of dollars. But you know, at the 15 year mark, if you do one that go and goes to zero, you strike out. Well, you got to start all over again and that's going to be tragic. 
So capital preservation should be the number one thing you keep in mind when you're investing. And then return of capital, being able to get it back. And then finally, return on capital. The next one is regarding risk as well. Always be aware of inflation and interest rate risk. I think this one's pretty straightforward, but most people do not build it into their pro formas. Always build in your interest rate risk and the inflation. Number 11, to the man with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. This was an interesting one that I could I could relate to. So me personally, when it came to uh, you know, my marriage, honestly, I would try to fix problems the same way that I fix things in myself and fix things in the, in the business. So, you know, my hammer is I'm, I'm very like straight to the point, military-esque, you know, get it done. If I don't want to get up in the morning and go to the gym, I'm like, get your butt up, get your ass up, get in the gym, do it. And I'm very, there's like a, a military voice that's commanding me to do certain things. And that's not what you do when you've got, you, you know, mar- marriage uh, issues that you need to sort out, right? You know, when your your wife does something that upsets you or, uh, you know, she's upset with something that you did, you know, that, that military guy does not belong in the the marriage. He, he needs to go somewhere else. So to the man with, an a- with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, you know, figure out who you need to be or what tools you need to use for specific situations. Same things with dealing with my little nephews, that military guy, uh, he is good in certain situations, certain situations he not, but, you know, more, uh, more gentle Brandon, empathetic Brandon, uh, listening Brandon. He needs to come out more when it comes to dealing with the, with my nephews. Next is, uh, the key, number 12, the key to good management is to get the incentives right. I, uh, I've, I've made so many mistakes. I can tell you here recently, you know, for a while, we didn't even have project managers incentivized to like build the homes during certain, uh, a certain time period. I'm like, why, like, why in the world did I miss that? Right. Easy thing to do. Align the incentives with the, with the position, but you know, poor job on, on my behalf as a manager on that. So with each position now, we try to make sure we're getting the incentives right and the incentives are aligned with the long term company goals. Number 13, one of the best investments you will ever make is in people. So people can ruin you or people can make you. I think that one's pretty straightforward. Number 14, here are the recommended businessmen to study by Charlie. Uh, number one is James J. Hill. Uh, I don't really know who that is. Number two is Andrew Carnegie. I've, I know a lot about Andrew Carnegie. Still guy, Men Who Built America. Great documentary series. If you haven't seen The Men Who Built America, you need to watch it. Number three is Harvey Firestone. I don't know who that is either. And number four is Les Schwab. So those are the guys that Charlie recommends to study. And number 15 and the final takeaway that I got from The Great Munger is passion is more important than brain power. Passion is what's going to take you places. Brain power is what's going to help get you through it. If you don't have the passion, it does not matter how much brain power you have. You're never going to get to where you're going to go. Smart people don't make it. Passionate people make it. That passion is what's going to push you through the tough times. It's what's going to carry you through the low points in your business and in your life. And your intellectual power is what's going to allow you to uh, you know, help create those breakthroughs. So I agree. Passion is so much more important than brain power. Thank you, Charlie. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one.